For more information on Ancient Dragon Zen Gate, please visit our website at www.ancientdragon.org. Our teachings are offered to the community through the generosity of our supporters. To make a donation online, please visit our website. practice where you're practicing jump shots or the piano or or some you know chess or whatever whatever thing that you're practicing how to how to do proficiently you have to practice 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 and if you have a teacher that tells you that you're that you're off key or that you're that you're leaning too much on your left shoulder or whatever it is that you're doing is keeping you from performing better um you make you can make progress. So a teacher is there merely to 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 help you, just like a piano teacher, to help you uh, perfect your 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 skills and to become and to and to deepen your practice. So too often we get tied up with the idea that the teacher is somebody special or somebody you know exultant or somebody that we have to you know like a rock star that we have to like go ooh about. I mean, a teacher is just the teacher is, does not have does not at best if the teacher is not somebody that you that you think is wonderful, but is somebody that you let into your life enough to to tell you what they see of how you are performing. Um, there's a famous teacher in Thailand that that, that wrote in, his, in one of his books, but that that his job was just to watch his students walk down the road, and if they went a little bit to the right hand side of the road, he'd, he'd yell at them. A little to the left, and if they went the other direction, it would yell to them to turn the other direction. It's not. It's not like it's a big, like it's a big deal. It's just um, a a feedback about how you how your how your practice is going, and it doesn't have to be a formal Buddhist, you know, teacher Buddhist teacher. It could also be any any a sick child could be someone to practice with. A, a, a significant other that's having difficulties could be someone to practice something that that you where you have to come out of yourself and and think about what the other person needs the other situation needs so that so that uh, you can respond appropriately so take to remove yourself not just be thinking about yourself but thinking about what the situation requires um, uh, many people have found that a, that a that a handicapped child was was a great ad great uh, help to their practice. Um, anyway, the, the the important thing is that that you don't that you don't see the teacher as being someone special. Someone too many people too often the teacher plays plays up the role of being you know being the big shot, and then and then gets the gets because of his his position and his power he gets he. he he manipulates people's lives in a way that is not not necessarily healthy. So I, that's that's a, that never that, that does not happen in, in in Asia very often. People do not really look up to their their teachers that way. The teacher that I studied with in Japan was very gruff and he barely spoke to you at all. If it did, it was just sort of you know, go sit over there. It was just very nothing nothing friendly at all. Um, but when I when I brought my mother to come visit, he was very chatty and talked and talked to her and showed her around and was very very friendly. But for me, to me, he was very very gruff and very very um, just no no warmth. Um, 
and my and my woodworking teachers, I had two different kinds. I had one 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 kind was sort of sweet but totally benign. They, whatever whatever you whatever you were doing, they say, "Oh, that looks very interesting," and they would but they wouldn't tell you what you were doing wrong. They would just they would just say, "Oh, that's really difficult, isn't it?" And and you had to like watch and look and 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 guess and try to figure out what it was that you were that you were doing wrong because you knew you weren't doing wrong because the shavings weren't coming out right or the wood was sticking in the in the wrong places or anyway there was, there was that kind and then the other kind of teacher I had it more more old fashioned out in the country was a man that had all these rules that you were supposed to follow you're supposed to sit up right and you had the tools to sit here on your left on the on your left hand side and you're supposed to be turned just like just so and and he would he would yell and scream at you about doing it even though you were doing it, doing it that way and that he'd already told you that 12 times before so so that was <coughs> that was sort of the a little more obnoxious style but in some ways it was it was far better teaching because the first one was more of the cat, the, 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 the sheep, the, the cow in a big pasture where he let you roam around and bump into a fence here and bump into a fence there and sort of, sort of feel your way around and not, and not really know where you were, but sort of figure it out for yourself. And the other way was, there's this very strict, rigid pattern that you had to follow. And, and every time you, every time you moved, just like a snake in a bamboo tube, every time you moved, you felt, you felt your body because you, you felt where you were. You felt that your your snakeness, because you were you were because you, every time you bumped up against the restraint, and and then you and you it made you practice really hard, and you learned a lot, but it's not wasn't pleasant. Um, so there's there's the two the two schools of the, of, of, the, of teaching that I experienced in Japan, the the. Indifferent. The indifferent one was was more. Anyway, it was more. It was it was it was pretty laissez faire, pretty hands off, big pasture school. But he also, when it came down to it at Dokusan, he came on really strong. So there was that side to it also. Um, but the, but the most important thing is that we are we're practicing how to how to deal with our mind. And and to and to not not get involved in picking and choosing, how to avoid picking and choosing. So that's that's sort of the hallmark of, of what we are trying to do. So if you if you're in a situation where you have where you have limited choice, you can't pick and choose. So you get the feeling what not picking and choosing is like. It's not like it's not like you should do that all your life. It's not like that's the best way to live your life. It's not that. This is somehow morally proper or improper. It's purely a training technique. So when so when you when you do something a bamboo tube kind of practice, that's no place for a snake to live. You don't want to ever live there. But you but you but you practice. You can practice there. So not to confuse the 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 the, stu- the study with the with the graduation. The study with the that's the wrong word. Graduation. There's no graduation. But anyway. The, stu- the study with with everyday life, um, somehow somehow we have we have we all have our likes and dislikes. We all like this kind of thing or that kind of thing. We all think that these kind of people are great and those kind of people are bad, and we all think that we have, you know, some way of of 
dealing with the world that's better than the other guy or or that or that we're really bad people and we should be you know punished because we're not we're not really we're not good enough we, we, people have every every conceivable way of, of of delusional thinking about themselves in the world and we all do it there's not there's nothing you know I told that story when I lectured here. When I lectured before here about Suzuki Roshi and these crazy people that came down the road to Tassajara that were wrapped in white sheets and thought they were came from the moon. And and after they left, I said to Suzuki, I said, "Well, wow, they were really delusional." And he said, "Remember, we're all delusional. Remember, we're all delusional. So it's not like we have like the, any of us have the right answer. Even people that have practiced for a long time, they still have." The remnants of, of what they of their karmic train of train of, of previous lives of previous time, they still have all of their all of their experience of their of, from that they've grown up with. They it's it's it never it, it you I mean being 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 totally free of your karmic of your karmic role is extremely difficult to to attain, and even then it's fleeting. So. Um, but that, but that's the reason we have to practice, 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 continuously practice, because to have to have a clear mind and an open an open clear mind and to see things directly, to see things directly and as the as uh, to see things directly and as it was lectured the other couple of weeks ago, to see things directly and then you can have the appropriate response. So there's no there's no right way of doing things, no wrong way of doing things. First, you have to see clearly, and seeing clearly is is hard to do, and you have to practice, practice, practice. And if you have a teacher that's willing to practice with you, and you're willing to accept into your life, it makes it easier. But finding but finding a teacher is not easy, and you can you can pick a teacher you can pick a teacher you know by by being you know like I say a child or a boss or a or a fellow classmate or 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 you know, you can you can use you can use people like that to help to help you be a teacher to help you be to, to be your develop your 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 uh, your openness to the, to to reality, but um, but you have to do it yourself. You have to want to do it, and you can otherwise you can just mosey around in the big pen and and and. And run into the walls here and there, and start and gradually start getting used to what it means to be to, to live in, in in your in your in your in you in you yourself. Thank you, Paul. Uh, just to comment on a few points um, that you brought up. Uh, well, first and foremost, that it's not about reaching some final destination. This is ongoing. There's no. It's not about some end end point or end goal or ultimate, you know, finally you're, you graduate, <laughs> finally you've got it because we all, um, you know, can all, can't see every, we all, our eyes are, are face forward. I can't see behind me. Um, so uh, to think that you have the ultimate truth, uh, we all see only part of the truth. Uh, we may see many parts of the truth. So uh, that goes to the other part, that this is about relationship. Working with a teacher, working with a student is about relationship. So I uh, will uh, say to people 
sometimes that your spouse is your teacher also, or your children are your teacher. Um, your, your partners are your teachers. Uh, so working with a teacher is, is about a relationship and, and relationships are, you know, often challenging and things come up and they're difficult. So to be willing to stick with a relationship uh, with a teacher or a teacher with a student is part of the challenge. Uh, but that's how we see ourselves. This is true for the student. It's true for the teacher also. So uh, for, from, from the side of the teacher, there are different students. There's not one right, there's not one right um, uh, you know, rule or, or structure or pattern for being a teacher any more than for being a student. And a lot of it is up to the student. I can't for, you know, well, if you, come, if you go to a place like Tassajara where you're following a schedule and you're in the bamboo tube, that's, that's easier in a way because then you're just there and, you're, and the schedule is your teacher and you've got to follow this rigid situation. Uh, I, I think it's more challenging uh, to be uh, in the wide pasture. It's, it's you know, it, it takes longer maybe. Um, Maybe there's more possibilities. Um, I'm not saying one is better than the other. In some ways, you can learn more snake and bamboo for a little while. Or for, you know, a little while can be three months or three years or whatever. But um, you learn something that way. So numbers of people uh, at Ancient Dragon have gone to Tassajara, Green Gulch, or places like that for some period. But uh, practicing... You know, uh, Bruce Springsteen said it's so hard to be a saint in the city. Anyway, we are practicing as lay people, you know, in the, in the wide pasture, as it were. But then uh, to uh, work with a teacher um, means that, you know, you have a responsibility as a student. You have to uh, actually present yourself as a student. You have to... Uh, to be ready to uh, be in relationship. And that means um, offering yourself to the pastor, not just to whoever is your teacher, but to the situation you're in, to learn from your job, to learn from your relationships, to pay attention. So being in the wide pasture still, you know, even Zazen that is, gentle and where we're not carrying a stick around and, and hitting you or, you know, telling you, yelling at you to sit up straight or whatever, you still, you're paying attention, even in the wide pasture. What's going on? That way you can learn. But there's not one right way because each one of you is different. So I often say, I can't tell you how to be Buddha. We sit and we sit like Buddha and express uprightness and express awareness and we each have to find our own way to express that and there's not one right way and it's especially you know in the wide pasture it's maybe especially dif- uh, difficult to find our way and it changes and now we're in this very difficult situation where you know with the virus and with uh, climate damage and so forth there's it's, it's, you know, this is a very challenging time. How do we practice together? So there's also the teacher, there's also Sangha as teacher. Um, 
and how do we support each other? But again, in terms of the role of the teacher, uh, you know, I can try and say, you know, as Paul was saying, oh, you're kind of leaning this way. You're kind of leaning that way. You know, pay attention to this, pay attention to that. Um, but I can't say that unless you, you know, are of it. and it's harder now because, you know, if you're, if we're sitting at Temple on Irving Park Road, I can sometimes say to some, something to somebody at the tea after Zazen. Uh, but, um, you know, so I, I wanted to say when I was introducing Paul that uh, Paul is, uh, Zengi was available now for Doksan, as is Neozanis, who is here, and Asian and myself. And there are other practice leaders who are here, who are at Ancient Dragon, Douglas and Ogetsu and Yoshin and um, uh, Paula and Laurel. So you can email info at ancientdragon.org and, and to, to make appointments with any of us. And this is an opportunity for you to actually, um, you know, uh, be in relationship with whomever you want to here and or somewhere else you know some teachers are very possessive about their students you know and they have a very formal relationship and that's not how i feel personally um uh, so if you want to go and check out some teacher somewhere else fine the point is how will you find your way to express buddha that's what i care about and that's really the ultimate wide pasture but um, there are a lot of virtues to the snake and the bamboo and trying that. It's a little harder in our situation. So, Paul, could you say a little more about um, practicing with a snake in the bamboo tube? Um, well, it's just, it's just a matter of, of having some restraint. Of, of, and the whole concept of, res, of freedom from restraint, through restraint is a very difficult concept for Americans, I think. I mean, that certainly was difficult for me in the beginning. When I first heard, I used to listen to Alan Watts on the public radio in Berkeley when I was in high school, in high school and he would talk about these people that, that all line up in a row and sit on these little black cushions and they all wear the same clothes. When the bell rings, they all do exactly the same thing. And I was sort of enamored of Taoism at that time in the, the grass hut. And I couldn't figure how that, how that regimentation could possibly be anything that would lead to, to spiritual liberation. It just seemed totally, totally all wrong. And it took me, it took me some time. And, it, and, and I had the great fortune of, of going down to Tassajara thinking I was going down there just for four days and ending up staying four years. And, and I had the great fortune of meeting Shunryu Suzuki and realizing that I could learn something from this man. So that was just a very, a very, very fortunate thing for me that I, and I'm deeply grateful for it um, because I had, I had, I had needs of it, <laughs> needs of a little training, shall we say. Anyway, um, uh, I was, I, I went down there. I'd been down there the year before and camped out down at Tassar before the Zen Center had bought it. And, and six of us, three couples that camped out down there, and we'd camped out and uh, taken acid and run up and down the creek naked and swung from trees and had a sort of a <laughs> spring break kind of wildness. And, uh, and so 
I had I had friends, friends and family, cousin, a cousin, and one of my best friends were involved in Zen Center, and I was still thinking it was this sort of funny, this sort of regimented thing, but they they just bought the place and they needed someone to help fix it up. So I thought I'd go down and take a look, and I had already sold everything to go to Japan. I was on my way to Japan, but I was a little scared to do it. I was twenty three. And I had a big motorcycle and a girlfriend and some camping gear, and that was it. We went down there, planning to spend four days and ended up four years. But <laughs> but anyway, um, I was just very fortunate to find a teacher that 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 was that was he was he was extraordinary in the sense that he was never he was not strict and he was not soft. He was not. He maybe he was more more big pasture than bamboo tube, but but um, he he didn't he was very he was very open. He was he was very he wasn't he wasn't male and he wasn't female. He was he was very he was very 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 open. It was a very very fortunate and and um, well, very fortunate for me anyway. And and I remember one time one time as we brought up and. Tygen and I have a teacher in common, and we go to a, do go to a seminar on Friday in common together. And and our teacher Tension brought up a story that uh, I think we all have heard before. That one time a student asked asked Suzuki, "Why aren't you stricter with us? Why don't you demand more of us? Why don't you make us do things more? Why don't you push us more?" And and he said, "Okay." Suzuki said, "Okay. You want strictness?" Every time you see a broom, make sure it's standing with a handle down. That was that was his idea of strictness, and 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 it wasn't really until I listened to the lecture that uh, from uh, the lecture here from uh, what's it, uh, Alan Sanaki, but Alan Sanaki, yes. That I really that I finally understood. I thought it was just a mindfulness practice to put the broom that way, but. It's if you really look, if you really see what a broom is without any preconceived notions, you see what a broom is. You see that it has soft bristles on one end and a hard, a hard handle on the other end, and that you stand it up that way because that's what a broom needs, not to have its bristles all bent and pushed. So to see, to, to see, to, to be able to see directly what things are without any preconceived notions, and then respond appropriately, is is. Is, is is an incredible gift. Um, another 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 least less less challenging, oh, very challenging actually, but less less restricting thing that that I remember Suzuki saying about about our life practice is that when you're going that when you're going down the road, you come to a fork in the road. Choose the fork you don't like. So so that's that's another way that's another way of having of having a practice go go with the things you don't have an affinity for go with the things that are difficult for you go go to the to the things that are troublesome that are difficult or that, that challenge you um, and we can all do that whether we have a teacher or not so uh, I think both uh, Paul and I could keep talking but maybe it's time for to open this up for comments, questions. I imagine that some of you have some questions. Uh, and, and this is a, you know, this, this is a big topic. What is the role of a teacher in spiritual practice? So um, 
I'll just open this now and call on people. You can raise your hand or uh, indicate if you have some comment or question. Anyone, please feel free. What crummy students? None of them have any questions. Okay, Nyozan. Um, yeah, thank you guys. This was really, really quite interesting. And uh, thank you, Paul, for addressing the, the question about uh, Suzuki Roshi as uh, as a snake uh, in the tube or a, a big pasture guy, because I, I found myself asking myself that question. Anyway, um, so this discussion was posed uh, as, uh, you know, what is a teacher? Uh, Taigen uh, mentioned that, you know, teachers are teachers only by virtue of being in a relationship. So you're automatically also talking about students. Um, so I would like to ask both of you, um, you've spoken a bit about the role of teachers. I wonder if you could say a bit more about um, two things. You know, one, what the... Um, what the role of a student is, what are the responsibilities of a student uh, to teachers and to a wider responsibility. And, and also if, if you could articulate um, how you, what you see um, not only the role of teachers as being, but specifically what their responsibilities to their students are. I'll, I'll start that. Um, you know, the main thing, the role of the student is just to show up and to continue, and to continue practicing. As my, as my role is to encourage you. You know, so all of the all of the talks and all of the sutras and all of the koans and all of the teachings that I that I give, and and I think this was Dogen's point too, is just to encourage people encourage students to continue practicing. So that's the first thing, is just to continue practicing and to continue showing up. Uh, more beyond that, to challenge the teacher, like you just did. Well, what should I be doing? You know. So that's so good, uh, to show up and to ask tough questions and to express your questions, your real questions, what how do I deepen my practice? And to, and to talk about the challenges in your practice so that, you know, and then to, so that I can try and respond. And sometimes I'm not going to give you a response that is helpful. Sometimes I might, uh, but the, the appropriate response works both ways. So, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, uh, that's my first. That's my first response. Paul, do you want to add to that? Well, if, you know, if you have a formal environment, you know, in in, in classical Buddhist training, there you you enter the, you enter the San Moon, you enter the mountain gate, you enter the mountain. So you you have to you go through a portal, whether the portal is a physical one or not. It's a, it's certainly a mental one, and you so you enter the mountain. So. Um, and you have an entering you have an entering ceremony when you enter the mountain 
And here the analogy would be like going to, to the university and it's mostly based on you plunk down, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars to get to get your to get a year's worth of education. So that's that's sort of the way we enter the mountain here in the, in this culture. But um, so it's 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 making us making a certain level of commitment, but you can also just be a parishioner you know, that, that doesn't that doesn't enter the mountain that goes just to listen to just to goes once a week or goes once a month or to listen to lectures or that has a an altar in their in their an altar in their room where they offer incense to to their their to 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 their, their to their parents or to their friends or or just to Buddha um, just some gesture some gesture of reverence. Um, um, if, if, if you're, if it's not going to be, I mean, the vast majority of people that are Buddhists are, do not go to temples. They do not even sit Zazen. And actually what they do mostly is chant. Chanting is the most important, uh, part of Buddhist practice in Asia in general. And I sort of miss it because we've sort of, we've sort of left that out of our, of our, of our, the transmission of Buddhism from Asia to, to America, and and I don't know about Europe, but anyway, it's chanting sort of, sort of dropped on along the, along the wayside. We've we've translated our chants into, into a language that we understand, thinking that we will under, that we will learn something from them, but where it's actually a physical, visceral experience of chanting. But anyway, I, I digress. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> It's it's something it's something it's, like, it's something you have to decide yourself to do, and you can find many different ways of doing it. Offering incense every morning, sitting zazen, of course, on a regular basis, or having a formal relationship with a teacher where where you actually where you consult with them about your practice, or you where you where you share your practice with them, um, or just simply like a like a lecture, just going and hearing. Hearing, you know, about the the, the, the the hearing how the Dharma has been practiced by other people through the centuries, um, it's you have to pick the level that you want that you want to participate at. But um, it's good to do it intentionally. Yeah, just to follow up on that, I uh, definitely want to to say that there is value to just practicing. Uh, coming and hearing talks, practicing on your own. So some people want to have some uh, training, I could say, relationship or a more intense practice relationship with a teacher. Some people uh, come to talks like this, uh, practice, you know, uh, each, we're each in our own box. And chanting is, is one of the things that Zoom is not so good for. <laughs> but uh, there is value this is the this is the uh, wide pasture to your practice, uh, you know, uh, and and then joining together like this in sangha. So I I, do, I did not mean to denigrate that at all. That's well, remember the wide pasture does have a fence around it, so you have to enter the pasture. You you can't if you stand outside the pasture, it's a different situation than if you than if you open the gate and go inside the pasture. So that's there is there is a even if it's a broad commitment there is some commitment that needs to be made uh, as a student in order for you to to develop to develop the power develop the velocity develop the 
the escape velocity to to over to to move past your your the inertia of your of your habitual mind. And everybody who's here, even if you even if you're here for the first time, is in the pasture. So thank you. Other questions or comments or responses? Yes, uh, David Ray. Thank you both for this. Paul, I have a question for you. Um, I heard you say uh, something about not picking and choosing, and I, I, didn't, I didn't understand what that refers to, whether it refers to zazen or, or to some other aspect of practice in life. Well, that that's sort of the uh, that's sort of the simplified version of what what Zen what Zen's all about. That that's sort of the the uh, the, the cliff note version or the or the the back of the cereal box version of what Zen is. Um, I used to go when I was working when I was working in Japan. I would go twice a year to a temple in Nagoya run by a, a woman Roshi uh, that. Uh, that Zen Center was associated with in a, in a somewhat distant way, but anyway, I would go once a year to this to this temple for a week for a week long session at the temple, and they had those sliding doors called fusuma in the temple that some of you may be aware of. The big paper they're, they're not the shoji that are translucent; these are opaque sliding, and they often have paintings on them. They often are, have sometimes. In, in Kyoto, they have some very famous painters that have painted famous scenes on them, and Taigen's got that kind of thing behind him right now as a backdrop. And and also, but also they have calligraphy on them, and often the, you know, a guest, some famous guest calligrapher, will come and they'll paint this the fusuma as a gift to the temple anyway. So this temple had these fusuma, and, it's, and it said, "Enlightenment is a simple matter." You merely need to avoid picking and choosing. Now, now there you're, you can get in big trouble with that with that limited understanding, but that's a that's a beginning, a place to begin. Once once you start saying I like this, I don't like that, you're 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 sunk into into uh, into suffering. Thank you. Other questions, comments, responses? Yes, Ed. Uh, thanks, Paul. Uh, thanks, Tyan. You know, this. You, um, you pointed to this wide pasture several times this evening. And I'm, I, 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 I guess I'm a little interested in what it looks like or um, how it might be further characterized. I suppose, I suppose maybe in contrast to other forms of teaching or education that we all might be familiar with for spiritual practices. Yeah. Um, well, I don't, I, I don't, it'd be, it'd be difficult to make direct comparisons to say like academic, like academic life. Whether you're auditing or whether you've signed up for the class, but it's it's a, it's a level of it's a level of restraint, and and they both have their values, and and like I said with my with my with my woodworking teachers, the one the one gave me a lot of space, 
and it did not tell me anything. He'd, I'd be struggling to do something. He'd come along and say, oh, that's difficult, isn't it? And But he wouldn't tell me what I was doing wrong. And and so, so it forced me to focus, to look and look and look and think and think and think and try to figure out what it was that I was doing wrong, what it was I was doing wrong, or what the right way, what the right way to do it was, or how to how to make the chisel actually actually sharp, for example, you know. And so it, it had that 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 way had its had its advantage. And then the more old fashioned guy that, that just you know told you you know do this, do this, blah, 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 blah. and and even if you were doing it right, he still told you and. And, and and they would tell you the same thing over and over again. Um, it it gets it gets to you after a while, and you actually start doing. <laughs> it gets ingrained in you, and you start doing it right. And uh, it wasn't easy though, especially as a six foot plus Westerner in this in Japan, with these people that had never never been face to face with a foreigner before. I mean, I was in territory that they didn't even speak Japanese; they spoke dialect and. And they'd never been they'd never been face to face with a foreigner before, and, and they're part of what they call the shokunin life. You know, it's it's a little different. It's a subculture of Japan. Some may see that movie uh, Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Anyway, but but he was he was not very big, and he had hard leather shoes that, like everybody else, had like rubber soles. But he had hard rubber shoes. You could hear him clop, clop, clop across the, the shop floor. And so you'd sit up straight and you'd get everything lined up and everything. And and and, um, and he'd come up and he'd yell, which is slang for you're doing it. You're totally fucking up. And and then he'd push it, get up. And so I, as I started to get up, he kicked me in the ass. And he was like, you know, like, five foot three or something, you know, and I, and I, I came very close to decking him. I mean, it was, it was hard. It, it, it set off something in my American soul that, that was, <laughs> that was a little violent, but anyway, I managed to retrain myself and he sat down, he said, do it like this. You know, and uh, he, of course he was, he was doing it just the same as me, but there's, there's more stories about that that are, that are off that are, from a different on a different subject on mind on, on mindful on the mind but anyway um it's but so i i, I learned i learned how to you know I, I i learned how to perform i learned how to get my my posture right and how to get my tools in a spot so that i could do it smoothly and how to do how to move from one step to the next and uh, as there's an incredible efficiency in that an incredible concentration and focus and it takes it to another level um, as a, as a graduate level, but um, but I, I think there's the, there's the things that we have that are like that are like music, classical music, especially where you practice, practice, practice. And some people are you know entertain their friends and family, and some people perform on stage. And sports, you know, people practice, practice, practice with uh, playing playing various different sports. Um, and some people just play, you know, sandlot baseball, and some people are, you know, play in, in Yankee Stadium. It's, um, um, it's, it, there's all different levels of what you can do, and, and, and there's one's probably just as enjoyable as the other, if not as lucrative. I'll say something else about the practicing in the wide pasture. In some ways, I think that's more advanced practice. 
or more challenging practice. So, um, you know, there's an introduction to our koan that says for, for uh, uh, the middling students, you kind of turn around and show them something. For the uh, lesser students, you direct them really closely. For the advanced students, you turn around and face the wall and ignore them. Um, I think, you know, the kind of practice that most of you are doing, just coming, you know, practicing uh, with some guidance from the Dharma, from Sangha, from talks here. Some of you come and, uh, and, and consult with me or with other uh, practice leaders at Ancient Dragon. But you're out there in the world. And that's, that wide pasture is really challenging. It's um, difficult to see how you're doing. And sometimes um, myself or, or Nyozan or somebody can, can uh, you know, kind of nudge you one way or another. But you have to rub against the world and get into trouble and see how that is. So it's, it's, this, this is a really challenging practice, the way we're practicing. Uh, and I kind of, you know, I have to say I kind of believe in challenging students. I don't want to kind of um, give you a kind of uh, instruction manual of how to live your life. And, and I don't think I can do that anyway. Maybe some teachers can do that. But um, I think we, uh, um, on some level, have to learn for ourselves who we are, what works for us, make mistakes. It's really important to make mistakes, hopefully not make uh, harmful mistakes, make good mistakes, or make mistakes that, um, you know, uh, you can work with. So that's part of the wide pasture. But pay attention to what's happening in the pasture. That's what's important. And keep coming back to Zazen. So that's what I would say about practicing in the wide pasture. It's challenging. It's not easy. It's not easy. Um, and sometimes it's good to get you, put yourself into a situation where you're in a bamboo tube and someone's showing you uh, most, more directly a way of practicing. So b- both have their value. Anyway, that's what I would say, Ed. Yes, um, Jokai. Hi, good evening. Um, I was wondering what exactly practice meant in the context of um, like a wide pasture or a snake in a tube. What, um, what are we talking about when we say Zen practice? You want me to take that? Well, yeah, why don't you go ahead? Practice is anything that you decide, it's, you decide it is. So you have to decide, I'm going to practice brushing my teeth every morning. I have, I'm going to practice squeezing homemade orange juice for my for myself and my 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 significant other i'm going to i'm going to practice 
whatever. You have to you have to set what the practice is. You need to set what the practice is and then practice it. And they said, oh, I forgot this morning. Or, oh, I don't feel like doing that today. Or, oh, that's not really what I want to do. But, you know, you, you have to, you have to set, you have to set some, you have to set, you can't just sit down at the piano and start plunk, 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 plunking. You have to like pick a tune that you're going to play and then try to practice playing it. If you just plunk, 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 you don't learn anything. So it's just like, it's just like that. It's as simple as that. You have to, you have to come up with something and you can be arbitrary and you could fail at it. It's not the succeeding. It's not the important thing. The important thing is setting, is setting a guide, setting a, a, a setting a destination and then, and then seeing how close you get to it. And you could have, you could have somebody else involved in setting that guide with you, or you can do it on your own, or you can, or you can observe that, you know, somebody, somebody that you know it would, would like you to do something in particular you know, and you could try to do that or it, it doesn't matter what it is but you have to pick something you have to pick something to practice and and you can start off small getting up at the same time every morning um, putting your shoes in a certain way when you take them off uh, there's, there's countless things you could do that, 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 you, that, that will qualify as practice and each one Will give you more strength and more control over your thinking process and more more control over your attention to to being to being present. Yes, I agree. Um, intention. What is your intention? And that that has a range. You can you know we we chant the four bodhisattva vows at the end of this. That's a wide intention, but there's. You know, you can have particular intentions. So yes, I'll just second what Paul said. Yes, Juan Pablo. Or no, I'm sorry, Idan. Thank you. Uh, wanted to ask how how far can this uh, relationship between. Uh, between a teacher and a student goes like because uh, I know in in the West this the, you kind of sometimes give your whole life to the guru or the teacher. So how can it happen here in in the modern life when you have you live in a city and you have a family and kind of I think it's more challenging. How does what? Well, what is the place of the teacher? It's, is it more than your job and your family, or is it to support those things? And uh, what is his responsibility if things uh, start to not go so well with your life and uh, things get challenging? Is he responsible, or is he just there to guide you and you're on your own and he can just disappear? If things go wrong. I'll, I'll just say a couple things about that, and uh, maybe Zengyu can add. But uh, in our tradition, anyway, in Soto Zen, it's not about being guru or being, you know, having some superpower or something. But it's just to help you to more more deeply be yourself and express yourself and follow your intention and uh, open and develop and deepen 
your uh, life expression. So that uh, that's what I would say, and to help to help you, and I, I can't fix, you know. So no no teacher can fix everything. Uh, that's not the point. Uh, we can't uh, take care of everything in anybody's life necessarily, but just to support you to be more fully yourself. Um, there are, uh, you know, formally in terms of Zen practice uh, and training in our tradition, some people take uh, uh, lay ordination and, and lay precepts. Some people take priest ordination. Nyozan, for example, uh, received uh, teacher authorization from me, so he's now a teacher. Uh, but the point of just being a, a, a student and working with a teacher is uh, for them to help you develop what you want in your life. So that's what I would say. Thank you. Do you have comments? I, I think the, the, the worst thing a teacher can do is make you dependent on them. Yeah. So, so if you come and say, oh, I, I'm, I'm broke and I can't this and I can't, my wife's mad at me and then the kids will do what I say and stuff. But the teacher should just kick you in the shins and remind you that you to shape up and try something else. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's, not, it's not, the, the, the teacher tries to solve your problems for you. That's, that's not, that's a bad teacher. So it's not, it's, it's the teacher, all the teacher, the teacher can do is suggest that you might look at things a different, a little bit different way. That's all. Um, that's, 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 you know, that's the, 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 the best they can do. And then to, to help you, and then to give you some, you know, some piece of some something to practice on, a piece, some piece of something to practice on, um, and then discuss with you how you're, how you are dealing, how you are faring in that practice. Um, it's 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 definitely it's not therapy. It's not we're not trying to fix. You're not trying to fix you fix your life. You you have to you have to come to a point where you where you where you. That's hard to say. What it, hard to say? Where you, where you step outside your life, where you step out past your life, where you, where you become one with your life, and, and not and don't fight with your life, no matter what it is. Good. So I we're so we're running uh, towards the end of time. But if there's one, if somebody has one more comment or question, uh, Douglas. Yes, I, I guess this is directed to both of you who've spent a good bit of time in monastic environments. And Zingyu, you particularly mentioned how in your training uh, in, in uh, working with wood, there was so much teaching and how to uh, sit, how to arrange your tools and so on. And that's very much the case in a monastery. Um, you know, sit like this, stand like this, leave your shoes like this, step through the door like that, this is how you eat, this is how you bathe, this is how you take shit. That helps certainly in a way re requires a certain amount of attention that can wake you up. But that's just not an environment that we have in lay life. And I'm wondering if there's an equivalent or if that's a problem for us. Well, there again, you 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 can you can pick something. There, we have plenty of of equivalences in lay life. Like I say, whether it's 
getting up in the morning or how you how you put your shoes. I mean, it's you can. There's how you how you address how you address you know your significant other or or how you you know how you address yourself. Um, um, there's there's it's there's many many things you can do. It doesn't have to be something so dramatic. It, it can be a very something very simple, but you need to like you need to like intentionally pick it out. So this you know how you open how you open the door. I mean it doesn't it it, it doesn't really matter. You but you have to pick it out and then and then consciously do it. So um, shoes, of course, in Japan are a big one because everybody takes their shoes off. It's not such a big thing here in this country, but. Um, it's you know how you whether you whether you say some some kind of grace before you eat. I mean that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a good one to, to, to honor the food before you eat. Everybody eats and everybody can stop and say thank you for this food. Um, it's there's many 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 things that you can do as part of incorporate into your life that you have to then be conscious of and mindful of in order to do them. And, and it's the doing of them themselves is of little or no consequence. And forgetting to do them is maybe even better than doing them because you say, oh, she's, my mind was going off. I, 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 didn't, I wasn't there for that. I wasn't present for that. So doing it, you can sort of do it mindfully, do it mindlessly, just like you get a routine and just do it. Then you, then, then you, got, then you got to find something else to do once you, once you reach that point of just doing it that way. That's why Suzuki Roshi liked, liked Westerners so much because we were so, so fucked up. We were so, so, so crazy. And that's why you call it beginner's mind because the Japanese just go through the routine. They can just, oh, yeah, they just go, go into, into, into space because they get it, they get trained that way from a child. And boom, 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 they just do it without, without really participating in it. They just do it. And, and, and we had to struggle with it and fail at it and, and question it and rebel against it and push back and, and 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 um, uh, constantly struggle with it, and he thought that was he thought that was very wonderful to to, to, to teach people that were so 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 willing to 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 learn to learn. Thank you, thank you. So uh, maybe with that, let's uh, uh, close formally. Um, We'll do the uh, four bodhisattva vows and then we'll have announcements.